when I bring you pro-life activism from creation to death with Kim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to pro-life activism from creation to death. This program is intended for all those who want to create a culture of life in the United States. Since May of 2013, we have been bringing you the latest news on the pro-life movement in the United States. And we do this through interviews with guests and also with focusing on the news highlights of the week. Today's show will be one that focuses on the myriad of news uh, going on in, in, in the country this week. Uh, but before we get into today's program, I ask you to say with me a Hail Mary to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all those who are involved with or listening to this program so that we will receive the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea whenever you begin a new activity during the day to ask Mary to shower God's graces on what you are doing. And certainly that is why we start every program with the Hail Mary. Okay, I want to start out today's program with pro-life activism. It's the end of the year. It's, you know, Christmas is a week away. A week from today is Christmas. Two weeks from today is is New Year's Day. We're, we're winding down 2020, and uh, we should do that by considering pro-life activism. Some ways in the midst of all of the last-minute shopping and the last-minute planning, etc., which generally is, is going to be a bit less this year because many families will not be traveling. There will not be the huge gatherings that have taken place in previous years. But there is still a lot that you can do for pro-life and some activities that you can involve yourself with. And that's what we want to start by talking about. There's three specific uh, items we want to talk about. One is caroling for Christmas. The second is bells for babies. And the third is mysteries for mothers. Now, those names may not mean much to you, but we're going to just take a, a couple of minutes here to explain what they're all about. So the first one I mentioned is caroling for Christmas. And this could take place this coming week, you know, starting anywhere around December the 21st and going to the day after Christmas on, on December the 26th. Uh, many pro-lifers across the country bring the message of love to Planned Parenthood and other abortion facilities by gathering outside the facilities and singing Christmas carols uh, during the week of Christmas, the week, the days before and the day after. It's a time to bring joy to the joy of Christmas to everyone, including the customers at Planned Parenthood, the workers inside Planned Parenthood, and those who live near a Planned Parenthood location who maybe are used to seeing you there with signs and other activities during the year. But next week is an opportunity for them to hear Christmas carols. And you don't hear Christmas carols from abortion facilities or Planned Parenthood very often. So it is something that people usually um, pay attention to and take notice of. We, we recommend that you don't just add Christmas carols uh, to your normal protests outside of the abortion facilities or Planned Parenthood, 
but that you make a special time in addition to or instead of your normal activities. This is not be a time you know, when you're trying to counsel women who are going in for abortions, um, although it, it could be, be done in conjunction with that, okay? Uh, but what we want to do is to touch people's hearts, and you can do that during these caroling events. And what Christmas carols you sing you know, doesn't really make any difference. Pick your favorites, right? But just be out there and stay out there for you know a half an hour, an hour, two hours, whatever it is that you have time to do and what you feel God is leading you to do. Uh, it will affect the people inside the abortion facilities. They want to shut God out of their lives. They want to be in those abortion facilities where they kill God's children, and they want to forget about God. But when you're outside singing Christmas carols this coming week, you are bringing God to them. And they it really affects their heart. And we've had people who work in these locations tell us weeks afterwards that they were really touched by the Christmas carols, and, and a number of them told us that they decided to change their jobs because you were out there singing Christmas carols. And so we caroling for Christmas is the first activity that we would highly recommend that you take part in. Uh, it doesn't have to be planned way ahead of time. It can be just a spur of the moment. Hey, you know, you got a few pro-lifers together. Let's go down and sing some Christmas carols outside the abortion facility right? or outside any Planned Parenthood facility. Um, it, it can be as easy as that. Um, no special planning required, but it really brings the message of Christmas to all of those who are involved in seeing to it that the children who come in, the pre-born children who are brought into their facilities, don't ever get to re rejoice in Christmas. And so it's, it's very, very important. So we recommend caroling for Christmas to you. The second thing that we recommend, which can be a, a separate thing, um, is, is bells for babies. Now, bells for babies is basically in, when you, you organize to have bells rung to commemorate the millions of babies that have died through abortion since 1973, since Roe v. Wade. Now, nobody knows the exact number, but the estimated number right now for most pro-life groups is about 63. And so we'll use that number in, in talking about what you can do. Now, Bells for Baby can be a very formal thing, okay? You can go around to, to the churches in your community, and you can get them to agree to ring their bells 63 times, Right, on a certain day at a certain hour. Now, the day we recommend that this take place is on December the 28th. Now, December the 28th, which this year is, is on a Monday, is the in the Catholic Church a Feast of the Holy Innocents. This feast is a remembrance of the massacre of young children in Bethlehem by King Herod as he attempted to kill the infant Jesus. And you read about that in Matthew chapter 2. Right. It's a natural time to do something in your community to commemorate the millions of preborn babies murdered by abortion in the United States. Using the, the uh, estimate of 63, right, you can accomplish the 
uh, ringing of the bells in, in probably three to five minutes. This is not a, I mean, you can, you can make it longer. You can, you know, the nice thing is about if you can control when the bells are rung, uh, you can make it last a half an hour or an hour if you want. I mean, if you did a, a, a bell ring, you know, had a bell ring every minute, it would take you just over an hour to complete it. If it was every 30 seconds, you'd be talking about a half hour. If it's a continual ringing, which normally is about five seconds between each bell, uh, then it will take you between three and five minutes to complete the ringing of the bells. Uh, it doesn't have to be at churches, right? It can be at other facilities, or you can bring some bells with you, either physical bells or electronic bells, outside of the abortion facility on December the 28th, and you can ring the bells yourself. We know of one place where they have a group of, of seven individuals, each carrying a bell, and they go out in, in front of the abortion facility. And then at the appropriate time, there's an announcement made that we will now ring the bells 63 times uh, for the aborted babies. And then the, the people with the bells start ringing. Each one rings once, and then the next one, and then the next one, you go down through the seven. You come back to the first one, and by the time you get finished, each person will have rung their bell nine times. But if you have nine, you know, if you have seven people each ringing nine times, you get your 63. And that is not a magic number. You can divide that up any way you want to divide it up. But the, the thing is to be there at the abortion facilities, uh, to have bells rung in your community if you can arrange it. If nobody wants to cooperate, uh, then bring bells either physical bells or electronic bells outside of the abortion facilities and have your own ringing of the chimes, ringing of the bells, and commemorate the death of the 63 million babies. And again, the reason for December 28th is that is the, the day that the Catholic Church and, and many other churches commemorate the, uh, the massacre of young children in Bethlehem by King Herod as he tried to kill the infant Jesus. And so we, we need to, to uh, have that kind of activity, uh, a commemoration of the death. And then the final thing that I mentioned at the, as I listed was mysteries for mothers. Okay. And this is generally done um, either on January 1st or the evening before on December 30th. So we're talking December 30th, usually in the evening or any time on January 1st. Now, again, in the Catholic Church, the January 1st is the Feast of Mary, the Mother of God, okay? And Mary has given us a weapon that we talk about frequently on this show to fight against abortion, to fight for life, and it's called the Rosary. And so when you say the Rosary, there are mysteries of the Rosary, right? You know, there, there are um, the joyous, the luminous, the sorrowful, and the glorious mysteries, and and. In the, in the mysteries of the rosary, there are five decades of prayers that are said um, for uh, each of, each of the, uh, the, the um, mysteries. Uh, and so you pick one of them. It doesn't make any difference whether you pick the joyous, luminous, sorrowful, or glorious. Uh, and you say a rosary outside of Planned Parenthood. And if you want to say more, you can say more. And if you don't have a Planned Parenthood near you, to an abortion facility near you. Right? And, and say the rosaries. And so you're saying the mysteries of the rosaries, and you're saying them for the mothers who are approaching the abortion facilities. And, of course, if they're pregnant, they are mothers. They're not 
going to be mothers. They are mothers already. And so you're saying the mysteries of the rosary for the mothers who are considering killing their children. And it is a powerful, powerful witness and a powerful message. Right? Um, there are some special reflections on each mystery that you can say if, if, if you choose to do so. Uh, they, are, they were uh, written by Judy Brown, president of um, American Life League and approved by Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas. And you can find these, these uh, reflections on the website of the Marion Blue Wave. Okay? And it's marionbluewave.com that you go to. And then you click on Praying the Rosary, and all of the reflections will be there for all of the, you know, the five decades in each of the four mysteries. And so it's all there. It's all written out. You can print it out before you go outside of the abortion facility, or you can call it up on your cell phone while you were there. Uh, we, we really encourage you to do that and to use these special reflections. So on January 1st, New Year's Day, right, or on the evening before on December 30th, remember to pray the mysteries of the rosary for the mothers and do it in a public way. Do it outside of Planned Parenthood. Of course, if you're if you can't get outside because of illness or any other reason, you can say these at home. And we encourage you to do that and we and to participate in that. So those are the, the three action items. Okay. Pro-life activism is what we talk about. So those are the, the action items uh, that we want to, to talk about today. The uh, the caroling for Christmas, the bells for babies, and the mysteries for mothers. And they are all very, very powerful activities, uh, and they will transmit the love of Christmas to all that are witnessing what you are doing. So uh, we, we encourage you that. We'll mention it once again probably at the end of the show in, in a lot less detail, um, but, but uh, we, we hope that uh, you'll be able to take up uh, one or more of those three activities. Okay. Uh, that brings us to news items of the week or what the, what the highlights of the week are. And, and there are a lot of them, okay? There's a lot of different things going on. Um, as you know, the, we're, we're, uh, we're here, you know, nearing the end of December. Uh, the, uh, the, the new or the, the president, the next president of the United States gets sworn in on January 20th. And the election results get approved by Congress in one way or another on January the 6th. So on January the 6th, it's all of the, the campaigning, everything is going to be over. Uh, somebody is going to be named, you know, the winner. You know, right now the, the news media and everything are, uh, are naming Joe Biden as the winner. Uh, there was a, an electoral college vote earlier this week. The electoral college electors who were sent there primarily by the governors of each state um, voted to give the majority of votes to Joe Biden, uh, which would in ordinary times uh, make him the, the president of the United States and would make what comes after that vote to be just a formality. Uh, this year, as you know, there are lawsuits going on. There are uh, investigations. There are suits to the Supreme Court where the Supreme Court has ordered certain states to provide information um, be, be actually uh, by next week. 
Um, and so although the, the Electoral College voted, the other thing that happened there that a lot of news media are not reporting, that there are at least six states who, in addition to the electors that were sent from the states by the governor, in at least six states, there were other electors that were sent by the legislature of the state. And those in each case voted for Trump. OK, and so if you if you counted the vote of the electors, the alternate electors that were sent by the legislature, then Trump would have come out to be the victory. Um, and so it, it sets up a, a opportunity to to contest the vote of the Electoral College. And that's that's what's going on uh, and will be going on right now and will come to a head on January the 6th, whether or not that will have any effect whatsoever on the election or on who is the the president that is sworn in on January the 20th. Nobody knows. It has never been happened before. Um, the, the, uh, the Congress has never had to step in and make a decision on who is president, except in, in one case where Thomas Jefferson uh, was declared a president by Congress after the Electoral College could not reach a decision on who the president should be. Um, entirely different than, than this year's case. So it's something that has never happened before. It's very unlikely that it would overturn it, but it's just one of these confusing things that seems to linger this year in, in a lot of what's going on. So uh, we will know by January the 6th, definitely, all questions aside, who the president is who will be sworn in on January the 20th. So um, by the time by the time that first week of January is over, all of the election business should be settled. OK. And Congress, if need be, would make the, the final decision. And that's the way the Constitution is set up, that if there is confusion, whatever, um, it is up to Congress to make the final decision. And they they did that once in the past, um, not in these circumstances. Um, and so it could happen again. But like I said, it's it's very unlikely that, that that will happen. So that's what's going on in terms of the election. The other hot button, of course, is the coronavirus and the vaccines that are coming out. And believe me when I tell you, there are is a lot of disinformation out there about the vaccines, about whether or not they're derived from uh, fetal cell lines, um, about how good they are, how well they've been tested. Um, it's, it's just a mire of, of conflicting information out there. And if you're confused, that means you're listening. OK, uh, that means you're absorbing here at American Life League. We have a number of scientists that we deal with all the time on um, not only on vaccines, but on uh, all kinds of, of topics. And over the course of the last few weeks, we have been dealing with these scientists, getting their input. And, you know, it, it is it is really a, a confusing thing out there. There are two main questions that are asked, but there's even more. But two main questions that are asked. The first is about, you know, does a vaccine, was it uh, aborted fetal cell lines used in the research, development or manufacture of the vaccines? OK. That, that was that's the number one question I get asked when people ask me, call me. It's it's you know, is there any vaccines out there that didn't use aborted fetal cell lines in the development, the research and the manufacture of the vaccine? 
And of course, the, the, the only one approved right now is the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, the Moderna vaccine is on the verge of approval. Some think it might be approved today. We can tell you that based on information we have from the scientists, and we, we track heavily uh, the, the information that comes out of a group called Children of God for Life. For decades, Children of God for Life has been our source for information on vaccines. They are the vaccine experts in, in the pro-life world. There's a lot of other uh, organizations and, and uh, um, that have come out with lists and, and say, you know, this is the good ones, this is the bad ones, whatever. But Children of God has been around a long time, and, and this is what they do. Uh, they, they track all of these vaccines. In fact, they have a vaccine chart on their website in which they talk about all the various kinds of vaccines, you know, the, the mumps vaccines, the flu vaccines, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, and they have been paying particular attention to the COVID-19 vaccines. Now, according to Children of God for Life, the Pfizer vaccine did not use aborted fetal cell lines in the research, development, or manufacture of the vaccine. So there are no links of the vaccine, research, development, or manufacture right, to aborted fetal cells from the Pfizer document. However, Pfizer did choose to test the vaccine on aborted fetal cell lines. Right? And so that is a confusing factor for some people. They say, well, they did, you know, they did use it in testing. Yes, they did. Okay. Um, it, but that didn't put it into the vaccine just because they tested it that way. Uh, now, the, the Moderna one, um, according to Children of God for Life, uh, did use aborted fetal cell lines uh, in the development, uh, the research, and the manufacture of their vaccine. Okay. So, of the two vaccines that we're talking about right now, uh, and, and only for the subject of aborted fetal cell lines, uh, that's, the, that's, that's where we stand. But this, the aborted fetal cell lines are not the only major, major questions with these vaccines. Both of these vaccines use a technique known as mRNA, okay? Uh, and it's a, a technique that has never been used before in an approved vaccine in the United States. It is a brand new technology. Nobody has experience with it. Uh, we don't know, you know the side effects, the results of it. Ordinarily, that would all be worked out in the, in the testing of the vaccine, which would take years. You know, at least three or four years is what the, uh, the, the scientists are telling us. Um, and uh, right now, of course, they've only had a matter of months. And if, if you happen to read, as we do, the interviews with the scientists at any of those companies, you will find out that their answer to a lot of questions is, well, we don't know yet. We haven't had time to get results yet um, to, to you know, any long-term effects. Um, and so there is a, a great deal of concern about uh, the MRA, M, I'm sorry, the mRNA uh, technique that is used. And, you know, it's, it's too technical right here to go into because once you start explaining it, you have to then explain what you're explaining, uh, and, and, you know, it could take an hour just, just to do that. So let me just say that there are a lot of questions about the vaccines. American Life League put out a statement uh, earlier this week on Tuesday in which they said, given all the information we have, 
given all the the paperwork and everything that we've seen at this point in time, American Life League cannot recommend any of the vaccines. But you as individuals in consult with your doctors, you know, can make a decision for yourself as to whether or not you're going to take the vaccine. But we're not recommending any particular one. We're not we're not saying this one is good. This one is bad. It is just too confusing out there. If you want to read the American Life League uh, statement, it's it's right on our website. You go to uh, ALL for American Life League, ALL dot O-R-G. And when you get to the website, right on top is a big red bar that says COVID-19. You click on that and you will get to the statement right away. And you can read the statement from American Life League, which goes into more depth, of course, than I'm going into here on a radio show. Um, but you can you can read it. And bottom line is we're saying everybody needs to make their own decisions. We're not going to tell you to take it. We're not going to tell you not to take it. We're going to say it's, you've really got to understand what's going on. And we try to explain the facts in the statement. And then you take that. You go to your physician or whoever. And, and you make a decision as to whether or not you're going to take it. So th- those are the facts that we have out there. And that's that's all we, we know right now. That's all we can tell you. The summation of whether or not um, these are good vaccines or not, um, there's not enough evidence out there to, to determine right now. And we just we want you to know that. Um, we, we spent a great deal of time trying to come up with, uh, you know, a, a position and basically, when it came down to it, we said there are too many questions about this. We wouldn't even be talking about it at this time, except that the vaccines have started to be circulated and people have started to be inoculated. And so we, we did the best we could in the uh, in the statement. And we hope that it's useful to you. So we, we've talked about the, the election a bit. We've talked about the, the vaccines as quickly as as we can just to bring you up to date. We've given you some activities for uh being out there uh, as activists over the next two weeks, um, you know we have we have the uh, the caroling for Christmas, the bells for babies, and the mysteries for mothers out there. So we want to now go into a few other things, but let me remind you before we go on. My name is Jim Sedlak, and you are listening to Pro Life Activism from Creation to Death, a Christ- uh, on Radio Maria US, a Christian voice in your home. We're happy to have you with us today. I've just summarized what we've been talking about. There, there are a few more things um, that are that are happening this week. Uh, the Trump administration has not given up. I mean, they're 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 just continue working. Uh, the Trump administration administration has been a pro life force in this uh, nation for some time, and uh, and they continue to be a pro life force. They continue to to take actions that are, um, you know, necessary to, to protect uh, what's going on in our country. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to point out to you is that um, this week, the Trump administration has taken action against the state of California and against the, uh, the uh, state of Vermont uh, for activities that they're involved in uh, that violate federal law. Uh, the the uh, the state of California, the um, activities against the the state uh, had to do with the uh, the fact that the state um, continues to insist that abortion be put 
in every insurance policy uh, and that the coverage of abortion be in the insurance policy, which is against um, you know, federal requirements. Uh, the federal requirements uh, say that the, uh, that the um, people should have a choice and it should not be forced on them. Uh, what, what's happened uh, there in, in uh, California uh, is that the, uh, the Trump administration has sent notice to the state of California. They are going to withhold $200 million okay, in Medicaid money uh, because the state refuses to uh, be involved or, or to follow the law. And, and despite court cases, um, they still have said, no, we will not follow the law. And so the statement from the administration, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, um, is as follows. It, it, it notified them of the $200 million uh, withholding of funds. And they said, if the state does not come into compliance, additional disallowances will be imposed at the rate of $200 million per quarter. Right? This is as a result of California's mandate that health plan issuers were compelled to remove coverage exclusions and limitations regarding abortion coverage. Okay, so because of that, the Trump administration is penalizing the state of California uh, $200 million right now, and then says it will be $200 million a quarter um, until the, the problem is solved there. Uh, the other situation in the state of Vermont um, is happened because the, the University of Vermont Medical Center um, illegally forced a nurse to participate in an elective abortion over her express conscience-based objections. And that's against the law, okay? Against the law, as, as Trump has made clear during his uh, administration. And so they, they are going after um, the, uh, the uh, hospital there, the Vermont Medical Center, um, and the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against them, okay, to say cease and desist. You, you have to put in place policies that allow healthcare professionals to not be engaged in abortion if they don't want to do abortion and other things other than, than just abortion. Uh, and so that is progressing. And both of those were announced this week, okay? Um, let me say as an aside that if Joe Biden is elected, is sworn in as president, on January the 20th, there is a likelihood that both of these actions will be dropped. But Trump is doing his best at this point in time to enforce the law as the law exists right now. Um, and uh, and that you should know that. You should know that they're not giving up, that, that nobody in the administration is reeling in and saying, OK, let's just let things go. They are still taking action. Now, the, the state of Texas, this is something a completely different topic, but um, it, it is really interesting. Uh, the state of Texas won a court case a couple of weeks ago that allowed them to remove Planned Parenthood from their Medicaid program. Now, this is this is tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to Planned Parenthood. But in the state of Texas, it's tens of millions of dollars uh, to Planned Parenthood in Texas um, that they will lose because the, the court said that the state of Texas can remove Planned Parenthood from their Medicaid program. Now, Planned Parenthood has reacted um, in a very, uh, very unusual fashion, I would say. Um, the, the Planned Parenthood Federation of America 
has issued a, I would say a plea, uh, has, has issued a, a, a letter to the governor of California, I'm sorry, the governor of Texas, uh, and the attorney general of Texas, two people that they have been fighting against forever, okay, and who in their letter still condemn as, as being against, you know, women, right? But now they're asking that the state of Texas uh, postpone removing uh, Planned Parenthood from the Medicaid program in Texas. And they specifically said, and this is what made it really interesting, uh, that the state, the state is currently um, involved in or, or the, the, the situation in Texas currently uh, is involved in twin pandemics of COVID-19 and systemic racism. And that's the reasons why the state should not remove Planned Parenthood from the Medicaid program at this time. Okay. Now, the interesting part about this, of course, we all know about the COVID pandemic. But Planned Parenthood is listing systemic racism as a situation which, quote, they think should stop the state from withholding money from Planned Parenthood. Now, a few weeks ago, in, in the, at the end of November, uh, American Life League released a report showing the systemic racism at Planned Parenthood. Okay, so so the the actual report on Planned Parenthood's racism was was is is out there that Planned Parenthood is a racist organization. Right? In the report, we cite a number nineteen Planned Parenthood affiliates from around the country that say Planned Parenthood is a racist organization, and one of those affiliates is in Texas. It is Planned Parenthood of the Gulf Coast. And Planned Parenthood of the Gulf Coast wrote, okay, uh, how, this is a quote from, from Planned Parenthood. However, it isn't enough to mourn the individuals whose lives were cut short by racists. We must do more to fight the systemic racism that permeates America, including Planned Parenthood. Okay? So, Planned Parenthood's affiliate in Texas says that they have systemic racism in their organization, and yet Planned Parenthood has the gall to write to the governor and attorney general saying you shouldn't take money away from us because of this systemic racism in the state. That doesn't make sense, does it? Right? You heard it correctly. So in, in because there is systemic racism in the state, the state should continue to give money to an organization who admits that there is systemic racism in their organization. I mean, there's no way to justify that except, you know, I, I grew up in New York State. I spent a lot of time in New York City and the Jewish pro population would describe what Planned Parenthood did as chutzpah. OK, it's just, you know. The, the the guts it takes to, to just try to put that out there and think that people are going to believe it and think, oh, yeah, there's systemic racism in the country. There's systemic racism in Texas. We ought to give more money to Planned Parenthood. 
to fight the systemic racism, even though they admit they are there is a systemic racism in their own organization. Fighting these people sometimes is you, you just shake your head and you say, you know, what is really going on here? What is happening? Okay, so we need to we need to uh, to know what is going on. Okay, uh, as I go through my notes for for the show, I realize that. Although I told you about the children of God for life, I didn't tell you how to contact them. And so if you want to get the information on the coronavirus vaccines or COVID-19 vaccines or any other vaccines for any other disease uh, in the country, you can go to Children of God for Life. And their website is the letter C, the letter O, the letter G, the word for, F-O-R, the word life, L-I-F-E, okay, dot org. So it's C-O-G for life dot org. That will take you to the Children of God for Life website. Uh, you will see in a blue bar that goes across the top um, a, an item that says vaccines. And under that topic, uh, you will see a vaccine chart. And so that's what you want to get to. You want to get to the vaccine chart. It will give you a list of the of the... Um, ethical vaccines and the unethical vaccines for all of the various kinds of diseases for which one takes vaccines. Uh, and then it will have a, a special spot for COVID-19 vaccines. And you click on that and you come up with a list of about 30 different vaccines that are in development, some of them good, some of them bad. Uh, and it will give you information on all of them. Of course, the world is only talking about two right now, but there, there are a lot, lot more vaccines out there. Um, in development, and uh, and Children of God for Life is tracking all of them, and they're classifying all of them. And and the people say, well, how did they know they used the you know aborted fetal cell lines and what they used them in? It's because when when you're dealing with these drug companies, the drug companies want patents on their drugs. Right? That's that's what makes this whole thing financially viable for them. Right? They spend a lot of money on research and development. All right, setting up their production facilities, they have to have a way of recouping that money. So they patent there. So, so the, the Pfizer COVID vaccine is patented. The Moderna COVID vaccine is patented. All of them are patented. And when they're patented, they have to file documents with the United States Patent Office to explain exactly how they make their vaccine, because that is what is patent, that process. And so Children of God for Life, you know, doesn't take anybody's word for it. They go and retrieve the patents from the from the patent office and they read through the patents and they're able to determine, you know, which come which ones come from from tainted sources of sources of um, aborted fetal cell lines, which ones don't come, um, you know, et cetera. So it's, it's all in the patent applications. And we know that Children of God for Life goes there and reads them. Okay, when I say goes there and reads them, I'm talking electronically these days. Um, you know, they, they can access them uh, through the internet, but they read them and they say, okay, this, you know, they use this stem cell line, ATK 239 or, or whatever. And, and they say, well, we know that that's from aborted babies because the E stands for embryonic and the K stands for kidney. And so we know it comes from, from kidneys from aborted babies. Okay. And, and so they go through and they look at all of this and then they, they publish the results of all of their research on their website. So 
we encourage you uh, in strong measure, if you want to track everything and what's going on and not rely on me or anybody else giving you their opinion or telling you what they've been able to find out, uh, go to Children of God for Life. It's COGforlife.org. And you can get this information for yourself. You can tell your friends about it. You can tell your family about it. Everybody can go. They can read it. It's an unbiased source. They have no financial hookup with any of the companies that make these these drugs. Um, it's it's an independent source. They're like, you know, most other 501c3 organizations. They operate with donations um, and, uh, and, and an excellent source of information on these vaccines. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to mention to you again, and I won't do it in, in as much detail as I did at the pro- beginning of the program, but we know this being a radio program, there are people who you know tune in and out during the program. And for those of you who weren't with us at the beginning of the show, I just want to remind everybody that we are pushing three activities, uh, three activism things that you can do over the next two weeks um, for life uh, and to spread the word of life. Those three activities are caroling for Christmas, bells for babies, and mysteries for mothers. Uh, and to very quickly explain them, the caroling for Christmas is probably the easiest one to explain. Uh, this is the one where, where you go out in front of your local abortion facility or your local Planned Parenthood office and, and you um, sing Christmas carols. It's as simple as that. Uh, you, you bring the Christmas carols to the streets out in front of Planned Parenthood. And it's a, it's a way to bring love uh, to Planned Parenthood, the love of Christmas to Planned Parenthood. Um, it affects the, the, the people inside, um, especially, you know, when you're singing hymns about Jesus, hymns about Mary, hymns about Christmas uh, season, about the feelings of Christmas, the love of Christmas. This is what you do out there. This is not a counseling time. It is a time to be there and bring the Christmas season outside of the abortion facilities or Planned Parenthood to bring Jesus and Mary and Joseph out there, right? Some people we know actually bring a, a portable manger scene and set it up uh, in public property outside of, of Planned Parenthood. There might be some objections to that, but usually by the time somebody you know, calls in an objection and a police officer shows up, you're finished anyway. Um, so, so uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't worry about it. And if a police officer comes and says you can't have a manger there, you can discuss it with him a little bit and then take it down. You know, we're not talking about some huge structure that you're putting up. So singing Christmas carols, we recommend you start doing that this weekend and continue through the day after Christmas. So that will take you up to about December the 26th, whatever time you can afford to, to put there, however many people. You know, it's just it's just a great way to bring the Christmas season. Uh, Bells for Babies is simply getting um, churches or other facilities in your town to ring 63 bells for the 63 million um, babies that have died from abortion since 1973, and uh, or to to bring a either an electronic bell machine or some handbells out in front of Planned Parenthood and and just have um, the 63 bells rung. Um, you know, one bell could be run 63 times, or as I described, 
you know, you could have seven bells each ring along nine times. It doesn't make any difference. It's, it's commemorating the babies through the ringing of bells. And you do that on December the 28th, the Feast of the Holy Innocents, uh, where we remember the babies that were slaughtered by Herod uh, in his attempt to kill Jesus. And then finally, we have Mysteries for Mothers, which is saying the, the mysteries of the rosary uh, for uh, the mothers who are going into Planned Parenthood. Uh, that they will save their babies. Remember, if a woman is pregnant, she is a mother. She's not going to be a mother, right? Her parents are not going to be grandparents. They are grandparents. Um, and so saying the rosary out there, uh, and, and if you want, there's a particular rosary with reflections on the Marion Blue Wave uh, website. And so we encourage you to go to, to marionbluewave.org uh, and, and to, uh, to go on there, uh, see the reflections that are there and to use those reflections. So that wraps it up for today's show. Uh, I want to thank you all for being here. Um, next Friday is Christmas, and the following Friday is New Year's Day. So I will not have a show on either of those days. So I will see you back here on January the 8th, at which time we will have uh, definitely know who the president of the United States is going to be for the next four years. Uh, and we will end the show by the way we end all our shows, and that is by asking our mess, our blessed mother, mother of God, spread the effect of grace so that flame of love over all of humanity, 